0: I think it's pretty safe to say experiencing a natural disaster or any kind of an emergency event can be incredibly stressful. And really, even after the immediate danger is passed, the impact can still be felt by those who had to endure it. So why is this relevant now? Well, in case you hadn't noticed, the frequency and intensity of these events are increasing substantially each year. According to the National Centers for Environmental Information, from 2017 to 2021, there were close to 18 weather climate disaster events that exceeded $1 billion per year, compared to almost 13 per year in 2010 to 2019. And additionally, in 2022, there have been at least 15 events, with each loss exceeding $1 billion to each affect the United States in, again, 2022. And as these events become increasingly more common, it's important to remember that after the cameras and the crews leave the scenes, the aftermath and effects of these severe events don't end for those personally impacted. Well, welcome back to Clear Path, your roadmap to health and wealth. I'm your host, Al Waller. And today I'm joined by Mihaela Vincey, public health expert for nonprofit Transamerica Institute to discuss the importance of caring for others after a disaster by exploring the critical value of psychological first aid. But before we get started, I'd like to remind you that if you have any topic ideas for podcast episodes that you'd like to hear about, please reach out to us at at infotransamericacenter.org. We'd love to hear from you. So Mahela, as always, good to have you here.
1: Yeah, it's great to be back.
0: Now, Mahela, I swear it's getting to the point where I feel like, you know, a week doesn't go by where I don't hear about some significant natural disaster occurring somewhere in the USA or at least someplace in the world. So could you give us some perspective on how people generally feel or respond in the aftermath of a disaster or other kinds of emergencies?
1: That's a good question since many of us do not think about the long-term effects trauma can have. According to the American Psychological Association, Trauma is the ongoing emotional response that results from living through a distressing event, like a car accident or a disaster. Traumatic events are not easy for people to deal with or accept. Uh, they often change your worldview, and the emotional responses to trauma could include flashbacks, uneasiness, and physical symptoms. When it comes to disaster, some people may feel sorrow or anger over the damage or loss. They might feel worried, Um, when thinking about rebuilding their lives, or they may simply feel devastated and not even know where to begin. So taking those first steps towards recovery can be a lot easier with a little support.
0: Having lived through my fair share of uh, serious accidents, I, I know how true that is and how vital it is to support others as they work through their healing process. Now, just to be clear, what exactly is psychological first aid?
1: Well, you might be familiar with first aid, which is medical assistance that is given to a sick or injured person to prevent an injury from worsening or to simply sustain life until full medical treatment is available. Psychological first aid is similar in that it helps survivors in the immediate aftermath of disasters, terrorism, or other emergencies by offering support to help improve health outcomes for these survivors by helping them become more optimistic helping them build positive self-beliefs and have access to the resources they need in the long run. Psychological first aid is also called PFA. They're interchangeable. So PFA does not work under the assumption that all survivors will develop severe mental health problems or long-term difficulties in recovery. Instead, it focuses on supporting survivors to find healthy coping mechanisms in the stressful aftermath of a disaster.
0: So, in essence, similar to getting trained in CPR, we can also be trained in PFA to help support survivors in the aftermath of, you know, all sorts of uh, emergencies. Now, with that said, when disaster strikes, a lot of people could be affected to varying degrees, right? So, if that's the case, who would be best suited to receive a PFA?
1: PFA is for anyone impacted by disaster who has acute stress or grief reactions, for those concerned about their safety, for those who are having maybe impairments in functioning, and even for those just with practical needs.
0: Well, that's valuable intel for us to know so that we can actually be properly prepared if or when something happens. Now, what are some of the common reactions people can anticipate following a disaster?
1: According to the American Psychiatric Association, some common reactions of psychological trauma, especially after a disaster, include trouble staying asleep or falling asleep, experiencing sadness, irritability, depression, anger. You might find yourself feeling numb or confused or even having trouble concentrating. You might feel tired or fatigued all the time. could have a lack of appetite or the opposite. You can be eating a lot more than normal social isolation, you might not want to hang out with your friends as often. Um, you might not even have an interest in activities that you once found pleasurable. And then there's physical symptoms such as headaches, stomach aches as well as misusing substances to cope.
0: Well, that's a ton of emotions to process, especially if you are caring for others, uh, for instance, children who also experience uh, this type of distress. Now, how could or would children be affected differently by disaster than say the adult population?
1: Yeah, that's a good question, because children do process trauma differently than adults. Um, Very young children, for instance, might become clingy, fearful. They can have tantrums and even experience behaviors like bedwetting or thumb sucking. School-age children, on the other hand, might socially isolate, can find themselves having a harder time getting along with others and getting into fights or even having trouble with schoolwork. Parents, teachers, and caregivers can help children by listening and responding in an honest, consistent, and supportive manner.
0: Well, that's good counsel uh, regarding support there, Mihaela, and I'll add pretty good behavior to consistently model with children, especially, you know, regardless of the circumstances. But just the same, I do think it's important to recognize that children may respond differently than we as adults might. So now that we know how people may respond, perhaps you could talk further about PFA and what it means to actually provide it.
1: PFA's core actions are based on five principles for the best outcomes following a disaster. And that first principle is safety. So survivors might be concerned about their physical or psychological safety or the safety of those that they care about. To uphold this principle, you would ensure the removal of threats, whether they're perceived or actual, to reduce responses like fear and anxiety. And this can be done by reconnecting families together and providing clear and accurate information.
0: Agreed. It's sensible, yet at the same time, nuanced to fit each situation a little bit differently. Now, what's the the next principle in your psychological first aid kit?
1: So the second principle is calm. Disasters are often chaotic, and they cause fear, distress, and anxiety among survivors, and these reactions can impact our health, including our ability to sleep, think clearly, make decisions, and even cope effectively. Disasters can also cause old trauma to resurface and perhaps remind people of past losses and painful events. For this principle, you can help survivors identify coping strategies that they have used in the past or even introduce new ones that they may need to address their current distresses and worries. An example of this principle in practice is teaching someone a calming technique following a car crash to mitigate the anxiety of riding in a car following the accident.
0: Great point. And as referenced, having been through a couple of those, uh, a critical and valuable reality to keep in mind. Now, how else can uh, we show up for others after a disaster?
1: So the third principle has to do with connectedness. Disaster disrupts communities. So it's important to help people connect with one another again, or help them create new connections with those around them who are in similar situations. For instance, let's say that two people arrive at a safety shelter, Um, connecting them together can help them feel less alone and help them support each other as they figure out next steps.
0: I think you make another great point there as the importance of connectedness can easily be overlooked at times. Now, how might individuals benefit from prioritizing community in terms of PFA?
1: Another good question because the fourth principle is self and community efficacy. So disaster research has shown that the loss of resources, whether they're personal, social and economic, is associated with a diminished sense of self-efficacy or the capacity to recover and less confidence in the community's ability to promote recovery. So connecting survivors to resources, including them in decision making about recovery efforts and promoting pro-social activities or engagement in community efforts is very important. For instance, if a person's injured and they're stressing out about how they'll be able to take care of their family, perhaps highlighting the resources available in that community can help them feel like they'll be able to persevere and get through it.
0: I really like that example because I know, you know, sometimes when I've been hurt or ill, I become more concerned how this might impact my family rather than say how it's going to be impacting me. So I believe this brings us uh, to the final principle of PFA. Now, what can you tell us about this item?
1: So the fifth principle, and actually my personal favorite, is hope. Survivors are more likely to have better outcomes after a disaster if they maintain optimism or a feeling of confidence that things are predictable. You can help survivors have hope by helping them focus on aspects that they can control, by praising them for their courage, and helping them with expectations that they can get through the difficult hours and days ahead.
0: Well said, because hope can be difficult to grasp when you're experiencing stress. So aiding others and encouraging optimism in those stressful times can make a significant difference. Now that we've gained some considerable insight about PFA, could you direct us to who can provide PFA and how someone can obtain the necessary training?
1: So PFA was designed as a collaborative effort between the Veteran Affairs National Center for Post Traumatic Stress Disorder and the National Child Traumatic Stress Network, NCTSN. The NCTSN provides an interactive course online um, and you can actually get a certificate and it's accessible to anyone. So don't wait until a disaster. We encourage listeners to take this free training now.
0: Mahela, as always, it's been a pleasure having you on board and thank you so much for providing us with the groundwork of psychological first aid regarding those invaluable principles, which I, I really think bear repeating which are safety, calm, connectiveness, self and community efficacy, and finally, having hope in the immediate aftermath following a disaster. If you'd like to check out any of the source materials mentioned today, visit transamericainstitute.org forward slash podcast to review the episode's transcript. If you have comments, feedback, or topic ideas, please reach out to info at transamericacenter.org. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so that you won't miss an episode of Clear Path, Your Roadmap to Health and Wealth. And in case you missed them, be sure to check out our previous episodes on understanding the saver's credit and the three health benefits of travel. In addition, we'll also be discussing the new retirement legislation and what it means to you as well as healthy heart benefits from friendships. Clear Path, your roadmap to health and wealth, is brought to you by Transamerica Institute, a nonprofit private foundation dedicated to identifying, researching, and educating the public about health and wellness, employment, financial literacy, longevity, and retirement. You can find our weekly podcast on WIPR's website and mobile app, wherever you get your podcasts, and at transamericainstitute.org forward slash podcast. Clear Path, Your Roadmap to Health and Wealth is produced by the TransAmerica Institute with assistance from WYPR. Until the next time, I'm your host, Al Waller. Stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening. The information provided here is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as insurance, securities, ERISA, tax, investment, legal, medical, or financial advice or guidance.